When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Amal Shaw on one side, Dustin Sweetelson in the man, Mike Palm in the middle, Circa the D, Golden Gate Casino VP of Ops, of course. Beeson hosts, you know why I know? Because I'm going to see him on Friday. Lombardi Line with Pritch and Femi, of course. Live Bet Saturday with Ben Wilson. And coming up right after Sharp Money, Tim Murray and Mike Palm on Beeson Primetime. Now, Mike Palm is the name, but we got Robert Frost during the break. He dedicated a poem to us. How about that? The real Rudy, Rudyard Kipling. (laughs) One of the last great imperialists. (laughs) I would ask you to repeat it, but we only have two seconds. Two segments. Um, the Friday, congratulations to all the winners, uh, the contest, and congratulations to Circa because you guys kill it with the contest every year. How was the event on Friday, handing out the big checks? That looked awesome. It was great. Um, afterwards, Bill, Aidy, and Derek led those with the big checks down the street from the D to Circa and sort of, sort of a parade. It was the best turnout we've ever had. I think we had close to 250 people there in the ballroom. A lot of past champions showed up with their blue jackets on. And uh, we got to see a snippet, about three minutes of this documentary that they've been filming on Survivor the course of the whole year. Uh, So they played a little preview of that. And really, Friday night was sort of the last segment of it. Uh, So it it was great. I think people mark this down now, this wild card weekend Friday night, uh, that they, they come to this event every year if they've been part of it now. The interesting dynamic is next year we'll have semifinal number two of the college football playoff on, on this Friday night. Oh, that'll be great. When you look at it, it kind of looked like the Emmys, but with jerseys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the clientele, it's yeah. like the Emmys, but instead of tuxes, a lot of jerseys. True. That's very true. Uh, and we got to honor folks. I interviewed them. I, there, there's a kid from Czechoslovakia that, that, that finished and tied for fifth. He won $200,000. Uh, and, you know, it's amazing. He saved up his money and flew here in August to get in. He only got two entries because he didn't have much money left after the trip. The trip was very expensive. Wow. Uh, and it was like 24-year-old Czechoslovakian kid. It was, it was pretty amazing. I mean, I think I want to know more about his story. Hungry dog runs story. faster. Yeah. That's the key there. <laughs> that's, that's very impressive. Was this now in the Survivor, was this the highest payout ever? Yes, this is the largest legal contest in the history of the world, Amal Shaw. And, uh, and, and technically, two guys got $3 million last year, but we had oh, okay. four guys get $2.3 uh, million. We gave out $15 million in prizes on Friday night. And, and what's great about it is Derek genuinely seems excited to be giving these people cash. Like, he's so into it. Well, it's, first of all, a, a, some part of the millions is his money because we didn't get to the guarantee, but none of the survivors. Everybody needs to realize he spends close to seven figures marketing this thing every year, right? So, and there's a lot of labor involved on the side of Jeff Benson, and then and then we give all the free stuff to all the proxies all year long, right, for, for them. And so Dave, say, Dave, the Dave Tooleys and yeah. the Andy Iscos really make out like bandits. 
<laughs> the overlays and everything. Yeah. No, he does a, he gets into it. Um, how was just Cirque in general? How did Super Wild Card Weekend go? It was like Super Bowl Sunday, uh, especially wow. on Saturday. Um, it was just such a, and now there was a little disappointment because people had come, Steelers and Bills fans, to be there on Sunday and had a, some could stay, some couldn't. Uh, for the Monday when the game got moved. But you would the lines on Saturday uh, afternoon and and Sunday afternoon, they were it was like it was almost like a Super Bowl. That's the next closest thing I could compare it to. It's really become the third biggest weekend of the year for us. Do you guys foresee eventually the NFL switching to a two 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 format Saturday, Sunday, Monday potentially based on I know the game was okay between the Bills and the Steelers, and really the most of the games over the weekend weren't that competitive, but overall, tremendous interest. It fell on MLK Day, yeah, too, right? So that was good. It was a holiday. And what the best was all those early NHL games of them all. I mean, that we were like kid in a candy store. You had two playoff games and six uh, NHL games before noon. I, it, was, it was a great betting day, I thought. You might, though, right? Instead yeah. of trying to run three on one day, people get maybe get a little bit... Uh, exhausted as you get to the third game. The Rams-Detroit game was the second highest rated event in the history of television, Patrick. We were, I was going to ask you where you were on Sunday. I'm guessing you were with the family, but I was maybe an off chance you were with Derek. What? Where were you for that game? It was a great game. I watched Packers and Cowboys at Circa with Derek and all the Detroit people. And then late in that game, when it was out of hand, Bill Cramsey and I walked here to Barcana because I didn't want to be any part of that group if it went sour, if it should happen to have went sour. So <laughs> I actually watched the first half of, of Rams-Lions here at Barcana, right there, and then I drove home and, and got there as, uh, as a field goal was being kicked on the first drive of the third quarter. Uh, uh, I got to my house and watched the rest of it there. A any big takeaways from you from the opening weekend that people could potentially apply going forward? I talked about it, and nobody wanted to hear this. Mitch Moss laughed at me when I said the Packers were going to beat the Cowboys. You have to understand the pressure that's on certain teams in these spots. There's a lot of pressures. There, there were teams that were free-rolling, that weren't expected to be there, and they played like that. They played loose. I mean, I thought Houston, even though they had a home playoff game, there was more pressure on this Cleveland team with this great defense and all that. Um, the weather was just such a factor in Kansas City. I think you can draw a line through all the pressure on Dallas. Dak hasn't won anything. Jerry more or less was coming out saying you got to make an NFC championship game. As soon as something goes wrong, all the pressure. I think we underlook how tight teams can be when all the pressure's on them. And I thought, too, Tampa's free rolling, right? Yep. Another, you know, NFC South. These AFC and NFC South teams that win their divisions are expected to lose their home playoff game. By, by the way, just to follow up on that, Patrick, and mention the Lions-Buccaneers game, for people that are unaware, the game will be played in a dome. Yeah, unfortunately, a reporter got mixed up there and asked, "Are your is your team prepared for the conditions? And Detroit, of course, played in a dome there at Ford Field. But to your point, as far as a free roll, I mean, think about Saturday. You got the Texans and Packers. As far as money line, they're essentially the same. Both teams free rolling going into Saturday as well. Yeah, it's a little different because, I, you know, we saw this game in week one in Baltimore, and they just suffocated that team, right? I mean, C.J. Stroud's first start, but, I mean, they literally collapsed the pocket on him almost every play. Um, now, who's the pressure on? Now the pressure's on Lamar, and the pressure's on San Francisco, although I just think San Francisco is such a good team. I, I, barring a major injury, I'm very surprised if they don't make the Super Bowl. And I don't think Dallas losing was any big favor to them. Dallas was never going to beat them in San Francisco. I'll ask you the same question I asked our guest from FTN, Mike Randall, yesterday. And Patrick, the Niners are minus $2 to win the NFC right uh -huh. now. Yeah. They're minus 425 on the money line on Saturday. It seems like it's still a pretty decent bet with two home games. Well, I believe so because they're going to be a bigger favorite than that should Tampa upset Detroit. And they're still going to be a touchdown favorite over the Lions. So... It's a two-game two, two game parlay yeah. for minus two. Put the math in. Figure out what you think the money line is going to be on those two games and then put it in. Does it make more sense to roll it or to bet the parlay now? We were debating the Tampa Bay-Detroit opener. We were stuck between six and a half and yeah. seven, and that's yeah. essentially – I think you're sitting circa six and a half. DraftKings is sitting seven. Derek asked me what the lines would be, whether Philadelphia – because I sat here with him during the, the Pittsburgh uh, and, and Buffalo game – Monday afternoon at circuit, he said, what's the line if Tampa wins? What's the line if Philadelphia wins? I said, I think they're three over the Eagles and six over Tampa Bay was my guess. And 
We don't know what the Eagles would be. I saw some look-aheads that were two and a half. I think it would have been a full three, depending on how the game played out. I think six is the right number on this game. Just from a overall standpoint, seems like the Kansas City at Buffalo game may be the best game on Sunday. Uh, you got Allen and Mahomes. Buffalo is hosting, obviously, Casey going on the road for the first time. Any concerns if you're looking at Kansas City? I'm sure many people will be if they get to three. Well, we've never seen it, right? Yeah. Pat Mahomes has never had to go on the road. He's played neutral site Super Bowls. His only two losses are in AFC Championship games in overtime at home. Don't you have to take three? Amal? I think if it's at three, you look at, uh, I don't want to lay three with Buffalo. I think Dustin got a good number at two and a half. I'm betting Buffalo at two and a half. I still think this team at seven and one in their last eight games, people are forgetting how well they're playing. And there just seems to be a calmness with Josh Allen that wasn't there before. I think he's playing a little bit better and more under control. Think about it this way. If Detroit goes to the Super Bowl, which is just crazy to say out loud, in the city of Vegas with a dude that's revitalized downtown and Derek Stevens, he literally named a casino the D. He brought Andiamos. People outside of Michigan don't understand what that means to bring Andiamos to a property. If he's got the, it's, it's his city now. If Detroit comes and plays a Super Bowl in the city, that would be freaking wild. He's taking a whole crew there on Sunday. They're leaving at 1 a.m. and flying into Detroit. They bought out some bar to pregame. Uh, yeah, they, they got a whole crew. And he's sending, actually, some of our hosts Friday to Waukegan because Waukegan had never been busier than the Packers-Cowboys game. Well, they're only 10 miles from the Wisconsin border. There's more Packers fans in Waukegan than there are Bear fans. So they're going to host, like, a watch party, and then they're going to meet Derek and the crew in Detroit, fly into Detroit, son. I think he's got, like, 20. I think he bought a suite, Patrick, the suite. Sunday in Detroit costs us more than all of our night's tickets the whole season. <laughs> well, you saw the <laughs> highest price division game ever. <laughs> the average right now is almost 1200 for Ford Field. My, I just want to know, did Derek buy out Chelios' bar or Hockey Town? Because those are the two big bars in downtown. I don't think it was either. I'll get you the name off air, Patrick, I'd when love I find to know. out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'd love to know. That is... I mean, props to Derek, like somebody waving the flag for the city continuously. And if somehow his second adopted home, Vegas, hosts Detroit in a Super Bowl, that would be freaking wild. He got to go uh, watch Michigan win in the Rose Bowl in the semifinal and then went and then they win a title. And now his beloved Lions. I mean, what it, it's over if they if they come here and win the Super Bowl. What, what's left for him? He needs well, to move on, travel, do something. You, you know the answer. <laughs> yeah, I do. You know the answer. I do. He's a big tiger. He's All a right. big tiger. Huge. Like, huge. Detroit Tigers, he goes yeah. back to Lou. Yeah. And, of course, obviously, Alan Trammell, 6-4-3. That would be Derek Stevens' ultimate triumphant. If those three were to win it in a year, that'd be incredible. All right, you boys ready? It is time for Palm versus the Prince when we return. Are you guys feeling cocky? I never got the questions, Patrick. I'm, I'm serious, so I think Amal, oh. Amal has a shot today is what I'm saying. I didn't say – I didn't want to let – email. I, uh, I'm what? Where? What email? I'll show you. You show me the one that's DraftKings. I don't have a DraftKings. I don't have a DraftKings email. The question, it was sent so to the D. It was sent to the D. Nice try. You show me. I hear you. Calm down. <laughs> AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, 
6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Omaha Steaks, you're going to fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, this is for Mike Palm. When you go to omahasteaks.com slash vsin, V-S-I-N, you get four free air-chilled chicken boneless breasts and four free rich, juicy, boneless pork chops for the family with your order. A minimum purchase may apply. All right, so shots were fired during the break. Oh, Palm good. versus the Prince. Of no course, shots. 30 second shot clock. Uh, Mike Palm, somehow he missed the email, so he has not reviewed the questions. Amal Shaw has. And quote, I wanted to even the playing field from Mike Palm. So I asked, was he feeling cocky? That's the answer. Let's get started. Uh, the coin flip behind the scenes, Amal Shaw won it. Uh, Dustin Sweet also get ready with the 30-second shot clock. Who had the more embarrassing performance over the weekend, the Eagles or the Cowboys? The Philadelphia Eagles by far. When you don't give effort, that's an embarrassment. It's one thing to get beat like the Cowboys did, but they were out there giving effort throughout. Philadelphia just looked like they were making business decisions on defense. We saw Jalen Hurts just seem like he was indifferent towards what was transpiring out there. And this nuclear meltdown by the Eagles over the course of the season, going back to that home loss against the Cardinals, all culminated in what we saw Monday night. Amal's point about the nuclear meltdown is the reason that the Cowboys are the answer. The Eagles were a two-and-a-half or a three-point favorite on the road. All the guys on the offense were calling their quarterback a female dog. I mean, what was expected of them? The Cowboys had won 16 straight at home. Record offensive performance. This was going to be their year. Somehow they got in. They got the number two seed. Two home playoff games for Dak Prescott. And they were down 27 to nothing before they sniffed the red zone. Is he overcoming not knowing the questions with emotion? We'll find out. Uh, Mike Palm, you're up. Start your franchise with one quarterback. Dak, Tua, or Kyler? Oh, what a terrible choice. Uh, I'll take Dakota Prescott because he'll get you 13 wins every year and get you to the playoff. I don't, I don't think that Kyler, Kyler Murray picked the right sport. He's a good center fielder, and he should have stayed there. He needs to lay off the Wii or the Nintendo or the Atari or whatever that he's always playing. I, I have to throw him on. Tua, I mean, how could you have a guy start your franchise? The next hit he takes could be his last, right? There's no, And so by process of elimination, it's Dakota Prescott to 12th. I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. The goal in this sport is to win a Super Bowl. We know one thing. Dak Prescott is straight up a loser. The Ooh. first big game he actually performs Ooh. well in will be his first one. Kyler Murray at least made an effort against Alabama when they had pros all over that defense, and they fell behind by 28 in that game. He's got nobody out there, but his team has given effort. If you put some talent around him, they can make comebacks like they did in Philadelphia in the second to last week of the regular season down by 15 points. Amal Shaw, you're up. What's the better job moving forward, Washington in the Big Ten or Arizona in the Big 12? 
Arizona the Big 12, you're in a much weaker conference. Texas, Oklahoma are gone. Who's the big uh, school in the Big 12 at this point in time? It's nobody. U of A, you get students down there, you see the co-eds, you're like, sign me up for Tucson in January. Are you kidding me? I would not want to be in Seattle. It might be raining in June. It might be raining in January. Get me to Tucson, Arizona, the University of Arizona, the better job going forward in the Big 12. I agree. I think the path to the playoff, which should define this question, yep. is much easier to be the second or first team in the Big 12 than to try to be the third or fourth team in the Big 10. And you've got Oregon. You're going to have to play them every year. They're going to keep the natural rivalries in place. Well, they own Dan Lanning. You still have Michigan. You still have uh, Penn State there. You still have Amal School, Ohio State. I think that's a tough place. Plus, you have the expectations of he just went, what, 21-3 and three there? How would you like to follow that? Mike Palm hasn't seen the question, so we'll mix it up a little bit here. Uh -oh. make, it, make it difficult. Mike <laughs> Palm, what's the best item on a Chinese takeout menu? Egg drop soup. This was from a previous week, so I had prepared for this. Let's just be transparent to the audience. I love some egg drop soup, whether you're feeling sick or you're not feeling sick. Spice taste, whatever, is not for everybody. But you can't screw up an egg drop soup. Everybody makes a great egg drop soup. We used to drive 25 miles to Glen, Illinois to go to eat at Rusty's to get egg drop soup. Scallion pancakes, the only answer, the best appetizer on a Chinese menu. It's without question. You can't even find it at every Chinese place. Scallion pancakes. <laughs> Scallion pancakes. I've never. Well, you guys went deep there. Okay. Amal, who is the best? Which team has the best remaining offense in the NFL playoffs? I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. You've got the most talented and most dynamic quarterback in the postseason with Lamar Jackson. And then you look at this running game. It's always been consistent in terms of what they've been able to do. They've overcome injuries. This team is a number one seed with the best record. They went into San Francisco and showed you why during the regular season they were the best football team. The perimeter has gotten much better. Mark Andrews is getting healthy. OBJ, Zay Flowers. I know we're all big fan fans of him in, in terms of what he's capable of doing. When the play breaks down, there's not a more difficult quarterback in the National Football League to be able to contain whether it's via pressure, by, uh, by blitz, or anything else, Time. Lamar Jackson and company. I, I think the answer is Baltimore or San Francisco. I wouldn't want to live on the difference, but I'll go with the 49ers. I think that they have the ability to run the ball for more different sets. Uh, I, I, you know, he had a terrible game against Baltimore the first time, and it sort of spiraled out of control. I'll take the San Francisco offensive line, even though they're both good offensive lines as well, and I'll take the tight end with San Francisco uh, over Baltimore. Really tough decision, but we'll flip a coin and go with San Francisco. Money lines, Mike Palm, best underdog, outright winner this weekend. The Texans, the Packers, or the Bucks? I think it's the Bucks because of the strength of the opponent, and I think they'll be able to run the ball against Detroit, uh, that will set up their play-action game if Baker can compete with that level. I just say that my reason is because I think Detroit is a notch below the other two in San Francisco and Baltimore. So I think that Tampa Bay has the best shot of outright victory. The other two, those two teams could play their best game of the year, uh, Green Bay and Houston, and still not win. I'm going to go with the quarterback, and I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud. The way this team is playing offensively, his precision in terms of accuracy of throwing the football is the difference. They put up 24 points in the first half. The defense stepped up in the second half. I think the fact that you combine that with Singletary and running the ball, I like the Houston Texans. And one other thing, guys, there's an immense, immense amount of pressure on John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson. If anything, that could trip them up. It's a combination of Houston's offense and a revenge game. Remember, they got embarrassed in week one, and now you've got a more experienced C.J. Stroud going on the road with a playoff victory under his belt. I'm going to throw you both a curveball. Of the current broadcasters, Amal Shaw, who do you want to listen call the Super Bowl? Uh, I would go with Al Michaels, even though he seemed like a doormat this year. Al Michaels has called so many big games. I will go with Al Michaels to call one more Super Bowl. Boy, that's tough uh, because Romo and Nance were awful on Monday. <laughs> Michaels has checked out. I'm not the huge Greg third leg fan. Um, I'm going to go. <laughs> I want Ian Eagle. Give me Ian Eagle and, and Charles Davis. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Mike Palm, yeah. you're in a convenience store. Uh -oh. What beverage are you buying? Oh, I like Grape Welsh's. You know, Grape Welsh's, it's, <laughs> it's not a common everyday drink, but Grape Welsh's is unbelievable. When I go to Iowa, they have Grape Welsh's waiting for me at the casino there. That's our partner, the Wild Rose. I just went the other day. I said, I'm going to go get some Grape Welsh's, and I ran to That's the only thing I really go to a gas station for. Everything else, I go to the, you know, the supermarket to buy.
For me, I only go about three times a year to buy, and it'd be a ginger ale, generally when I'm sick. But it's either Canada, Canada Dry or, or Schweppes. Schweppes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, factoring everything Amal Shaw, the best for Vegas Super Bowl matchup is? It would be the Detroit Lions versus the Houston Texans, two franchises that have never been there. And think about the amount of money that people would spend. You talk about H-Town's got as much money. The only other city that would probably have more money, you would say, is San Francisco coming to the Super Bowl. There's a lot of people that have been waiting a long, long time in Detroit to come out. It would be an absolute party out here if you had those two teams. Uh, the NFC side is, like, really good, right? Green Bay's great. Detroit would be great. I'll go with San Francisco because they have a huge fan base and a lot of people with money up there from Silicon Valley coming to Las Vegas. AFC is a little tougher. Baltimore, no, I'm not sold with them all. Um, I'll, go with, I'll go with Kansas City. Kansas City against San Francisco, a repeat matchup, which is tremendous uh, for the town three or four years ago. I've got it tied. Last question. Let's go. Where do you rank Jordan Love amongst NFL starting quarterbacks, Mike Palm? Well, come on. I have to go through a list. You gave me one with no preparation. How about amongst the quarterbacks still in the playoffs? Uh, Just reading what Dustin Sweetelson wrote. <laughs> yeah, I, and missed it is a, not you, the right word because we'll, I didn't we'll, receive it. We'll, we'll uh, give the you the writing little, here is it's not Faulkner. What's the question, Stroud? We'll, no, Love, where he ranks. Oh, we'll love. give you wiggle room one or two each way, two or three each way. I'll go sixth. I'll go eight. Went through the list and looked at him. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, C.J. Stroud, all right, Lamar Jackson are all guys that I would have ahead of him right now. Not With Herbert. That. For me, not Herbert. Cross all, Herbert All he's done is throw list. 110 touchdowns he's of 42 All he, the guy does is lose. He had the greatest succession of coaches you could ever have. He had Cristobal. He had Anthony Lynn. And he had that idiot Staley. If you can't win with those guys, you're a loser. Let me tell you something. He has overcome all of that. 110 touchdowns, 42 entries. By the way, is Mike Williams ever healthy? Keenan McCann. Uh, Keenan. Oh, uh, who's, who's, good, who's good? Who's good? in college basketball this year, Mo? Who's good? Did I hear Keenan McCardell? I meant to say McCardell. who's the kid. Uh, I like Keenan McCardell. Keenan McCardell was great. I, I think he said Keenan Wayans. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget the ivory there. Let's, <laughs> Mike Palm. I've got it. Four, three, and four pushes. The winner. The Prince, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I have it. One push, five, four, in favor of Mike Palm. Oh, another draw. <laughs> Out of the blue draw. A draw with no prep. This is like a boxing match. It's, it's over. It's over. Bring That's me, Palm. Bring That's me. That's a win, Palm. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, got a deal for you. VSIN.com slash subscribe, but you can only get it by using the promo code SHARP. We'll give you 10% off the annual subscription. You get the big guys' picks, Amal's picks, everybody's picks, leaderboard, top handicappers, splits, everything. 10% off right now. Use that promo code SHARP. Go to VSIN.com slash subscribe. Okay, we had our buddy Glenn Clark on last year. He's great. Press Box Online, 105.7, the fan in Baltimore. He does the post game for them. You can also hear him on the Tyus Bowser Show, 105.7. I mentioned Glenn Clark Radio joins us. Hi, Glenn, and thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. The, Patrick, as we were about to, to see it. Thank you. Nice, nice to see you. As the first thing that popped in my head when I saw you, we thought Baltimore, and then I thought a few years back, one seed, here comes Tennessee, and they trounce the Ravens. Does that add pressure to essentially the same scenario this year as the one seed? Uh, pressure, absolutely, it adds pressure. I, I would say that this is definitively a better football team than that was. A far more complete football team. And it starts with the fact that Lamar Jackson is really, I know it's crazy to say because he was unanimous MVP of the league in 2019. He's better. I mean, it's unbelievable how much the, slow, the game has slowed down for him, the way that he's seeing the field, the decisions that he's making. I think there is a lot more faith in this team now Yes, they, that's in the back of their mind. And the truth is, like, the Cowboys are the laughing stock of football because they always lose in the playoffs. Well, they've actually won more playoff games in the last 10 years than the Ravens have. So, like, the Ravens have something to prove in the postseason that's significant. It's more an anomaly. They haven't had Lamar Jackson the last couple of years. If they did, they probably have this monkey off their back by now. But it all sits with them as they go into this matchup on Saturday. 
Glenn, just to build upon what you just answered, how much pressure is specifically on John Harbaugh? This is a guy who's only had two losing seasons in, I think, what, 16 seasons, and they've been consistently a good team, but it seems like in the playoffs, uh, going back to the 2012 season, they haven't done much since that point in time. It's fair, Amal. Like, it, it comes up constantly around here. Again, two playoff wins since winning the Super Bowl in 2012. Now, that's not a bad thing to hang your hat on, is that the measurement is when you won the Super Bowl. But, yeah, it, it comes up constantly. It is a number that's devoid of context. Again, I don't think anyone blames John Harbaugh for the fact that they couldn't win playoff games without Lamar Jackson in the last two years. But you, you got to do it. At some point, you got to show that you're still capable of making that run. Is he going to be on the hot seat? Absolutely not. I know everybody's hot and bothered about the Ravens coordinators. A lot of folks in Baltimore that would love them to put a, a plan in place to have Mike McDonald as a coach in waiting at some point. John Harbaugh is, is too respected, is too popular with his players. Um, he's not on the hot seat if they lose the game. But it's going to be an awkward conversation if for some reason this were to go the wrong way. Will the Ravens' postgame be celebratory? Glenn Clark will host it on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. From Roman to Munkin, offensive coordinators, what's been the difference? Help us understand scheme-wise what the difference is here. Uh, using your talent in a, a much better way. I, let's start with one thing, right? I, to be fair to Greg Roman, they scored tons of points, and he never had much at wide receiver. The Ravens did a dramatically better job. And we're not even talking about you know, an A.J. Brown type or a Justin Jefferson, just putting competent NFL wide receivers from one to four on the field has gone a really long way. Nelson Aguilar is the, the greatest number four receiver in Ravens history, bar none. Rashad Bateman's been helpful. Zay Flowers has been outstanding. Odell Beckham might not be prime Odell Beckham, but like you saw the catch he made against the Dolphins. It was outstanding. It looked like Odell Beckham in that moment. Getting wide receivers on the field has been a game changer, uh, but he hasn't tried to force anything. Greg Roman had a system. Todd Munkin hasn't showed up with a system. He said, we know this is Ravens football. You're going to want to run the ball. You're going to want to play in cold weather, and it's going to be miserably cold in Baltimore on Saturday. But we think we can do some different things in the passing game, and the concepts have been spectacular. The goal-to-go situations have been uh, it's a manna from heaven for this franchise, frankly. Um, so Todd Munkin's done a spectacular job of not forcing anything and playing to the skill set of these players. Glenn, when you look at this team and you break down every game, what is one thing that you've kind of universally pointed to for both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively, that you think has really stood out, that really presents a challenge, not only in the game against Houston, but possibly going forward through the Super Bowl? So um, I would say the only weakness that this team has is their run defense, right? And the Texans are not likely to be the team that can take advantage of that. Everything else has largely been like their secondary is deep. They have the best inside linebacking core in all of football. They have gotten so much more from the duo of Jadeveon Clowney and Kyle Van Noy than anyone could have ever dreamed that you would get from those guys at the end of their careers. Mike McDonald scheming and disguising defensively is filthy, not allowing you to know what's coming on any play. It's absolutely absurd. I can't say enough. Kyle Hamilton should be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. He's in double digits in both pass breakups and TFLs. That's insane the way that they have used Kyle Hamilton as a weapon. Offensively, uh, the goal to go, I, I tell you what, if you're looking for a bet on Saturday, you can still get plus money on Gus Edwards as an anytime touchdown scorer. The guy is at 12 goal to go touchdowns on the season this year. He's it's almost a sure thing when the Ravens get into the red zone that Gus Edwards is going to find the end zone. Um, they might have to start trading him like Christian McCaffrey and make it like minus 300 for him to score a touchdown at some point because he's that consistent. Um, I, 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 it's harder for me to find weaknesses right now. I, I, it comes off as hubris, but this team is just playing at such an absurdly high level and doing so many things well. Their depth is astounding. Isaiah Likely is a superstar. Isaiah Likely is a top eight NFL tight end, and they might still get Mark Andrews back as well. It's bonkers how much the Ravens have to offer right now. You mentioned Mike McDonald. I don't haven't heard too much, but is his name being pushed around for a potential head coaching job after this season? 
Yeah, lots of interviews. Uh, the Chargers, the Falcons, I think the Panthers, if I remember correctly. I mean, he's taken a lot of interviews. You know, we'll see how many of these teams want to go the defensive route. That might be the one thing that benefits the Ravens is that you still have teams that are reluctant to tie defensive coordinators to quarterbacks they're going to draft or, you know, young quarterbacks, but absolutely being thought of that way. And, and he's been remarkable. I mean, he's just, I, I can't say enough about what an incredible job he's done and how much these players feel about him. Based on your energy, Glenn, plus 290 at DraftKings to win the Super Bowl is very much in the Ravens' sights. So I'll start with, I mean, you are bullish on this team. Let's be fair. The Texans, Ravens, though, let's start with the number nine and a half. Does that feel like a number they can cover? It feels like it. I will throw out, this is a number that I've been talking about this week. They are one and nine in their last 10 games when they have been bigger than a touchdown favorite, one and nine against the spread in those circumstances. So ironically, the one was their game against the Texans earlier this season, but we know the Texans are a much better team. I think the truth is the Ravens are a much better team. It's hard. If you watch those games against the Dolphins and the 49ers, and I know the Dolphins kind of fell apart after that, but this was the best competition they could face, and they throttled both of those teams down the stretch. If they play the way they're playing down the stretch, it truly doesn't matter who's on the other side of the field. Now, they've got to do that, and, and I can't see the future. I can't promise anything, but the way this team is playing, there are so few weaknesses. There are so few things that you can't count on. I, I do. I like the Ravens to cover that number. Also, again, bear in mind, it's going to be miserably cold, about 20 degrees with winds in that 10 to 20 mile an hour range. It's a Texans team that doesn't run the ball brilliantly. I think that the conditions also play into the hands of the Ravens on Saturday. Justin Tucker in the special teams, he's a Hall of Famer. Any concerns at all with him in the postseason? I mean, he's just so automatic, we don't even discuss him anymore. You're right, but he had a bit of a, a rough stretch earlier this season where he missed a couple of kicks of mine. And yeah, there was some concern. He righted the ship as the year went on. Um, I would say the Ravens are not as likely to put him out there for like one of those 58-yard kicks that we had seen in the past, a 60-yard kick. I think they would make different decisions. We saw them go for it on fourth and seven against the Dolphins in the first half instead of eschewing about a 57 or 58-yard kick in that spot. I think they'll continue to do that, but I, I don't think that there's any concern that he's going to miss the, the, the routine kicks or, you know, I guess Justin Tucker routine is still out to about 50 yards. I just don't think they're going to go for the longer, the 58, the 60 yard kicks anymore with Justin Tucker. Have you booked your trip to Vegas yet? Dustin just texted me. You can crash at his place when the Ravens come to Vegas for the Super Bowl. Glenn, are you, have you booked your I, ticket? I, yet? I, I, I might take him up on that. I would love to party with Big Sexy for a week in Vegas. Um, I, I can assure you, we have made plans. We are... Look, I, I, you have to. They're the number one seed for a reason. They're hosting, if they win this game, the AFC Championship. Like, I... You have to be prepared for that. I can't promise it, but we are absolutely making plans. In fact, I, I think the plan is to be broadcasting from a Stadium Swim there at the Circa, I think is the plan if the Ravens are in the Super Bowl. So we're going to do our show there for the week. Well, Big Sexy, as you call him, can take you from Circa and Stadium Swim to a couple other establishments as well. So that's the perfect Ooh. tour guide <laughs> for a Vegas trip, Glenn. Maybe an adult establishment or two, Dustin. I'm down. Oh, no, Let's no, do no. It, Remove maybe Let's... and just say adult establishment. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no maybe. I, I will alert them that you will be coming starting now. I'll tell them to start stretching. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait. He is bullish. I, th that's perfect energy. I, I, I like the way you presented that. Glenn Clark, of course, 1057, the fan, the post game there, the Tyus Bowser show at Glenn Clark Radio. You're the best, Glenn. Thank you so much. Adric Amal, really appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Good luck. That dude's tremendous. We had him on last year, big guy, and he wasn't as bullish about the Ravens this year. You could just tell he's effusive. Like, there is there's a vibe there with the Ravens. Love to see it. We're going to come back. Divisional round numbers next. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents 
a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings, VSIN, the sports betting network. We welcome you back. We've got professional handicapper Scott Spritzer coming up in about 14 minutes. Spritzer has been making a living betting sports in Vegas for over 30 years. A good friend of the show. He's got plenty, including a play on all four divisional round matchups coming up this weekend. Two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher as we welcome you back. Now, this is a safe space, so I'm going to propose a question to the two of you that I want you to answer before we do. Four and a half. Did you see the back and I'm sorry? Four and a half inches. Did you see the back and forth between C.J. Gardner-Johnson, of course, line safety, and Baker Mayfield. So, C.J., look, C.J. Gardner-Johnson's a bit of a donk. Like, he's fine. He is – he went – he came out – yes, he came out after Sunday's matchup with the Lions and Rams, and he was asked directly after the game, is that the loudest environment? He's like, nah, not even close. Like, okay, dude, whatever. Maybe you play it up for the crowd. Anyway, he's a Lions – he's a Lions uh, safety, and he was asked about – the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he said, quote, this group is probably one of the better groups we faced all year. He's talking about the receivers besides the Tampa group, which doesn't make it to, Oh, he's talking about, okay, the Rams group. And he said the Tampa group was better. If you give that Tampa group a good quarterback, that's a great group. So he's taking a direct shot at Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield said, I mean, I don't think he's really watched film because he mentioned Russell Gage. You know, we love Russell, but he hasn't played a snap for us this year. <laughs> So again, he may. Want... <laughs> I did not see that. You didn't see that. The, oh, the quote, the full quote's better. He said, "I mean, I don't think he's really watched film because he mentioned Russell Gage. You know, we love Russell, but he hasn't played a snap for us this year. He must be going off the preseason stuff the media was talking about, but he didn't play for us from the first game on. So I, I'm excited to see him when he comes back. I think he's a really good player. He just needs to do a little bit more film study. So a great quote and reaction from Baker Mayfield." Now, I mentioned that it's a safe space, so careful with this one. Would you pay Baker Mayfield in the offseason? No you're not going to get accosted by anybody. No. Any answer is fair game. No. He had a tremendous year. People comparing his numbers to Brady last year. A little fool. It's a little short-sighted, but... Would you pay Baker moving forward if you're the Bucks or any other team? Just a quick question, Patrick. You mean in terms of a long-term contract 
uh, is that what you're referring to, or just in the short More run? More than like fifteen million no, a year. No, to be your house, your housekeeper. No, no, <laughs> wait, I'm saying like wait. meaning like you put yes. them on a one-year deal, fine until you find a franchise quarterback. I don't oh, have okay. a problem with that. Well, the, but, no, that's that. Then that's your answer. You wouldn't pay him long term, but you would give him a one-year. Okay. Yeah, I like that answer. I agree. Like, actually, that would be my answer as well. I don't know if I'd be willing to commit space. To Baker over the long term, but if now Baker's not going to be willing to take a one-year deal, I think we would right. all agree his agent's in a great spot right now, Amal and Dustin. But I think that would be ideal. But would you guys? I'll just add: Would you pay him long term? I don't think I would. Uh, I would if I believed that it was the right situation or system. So like, I, I, two two teams jump out immediately to me. Uh, the very first one is the Steelers, right? They need a quarterback. They're never going to draft high enough to get a quarterback. He knows the North. He can play in the cold. He's an accurate guy. He's definitely an upgrade over everything else they have. And then I think of what if Kirk Cousin leads, leaves the Vikings? Could he go there, play in that system with O'Connell, and flourish like he, he has in the past under good offensive coordinators? Because I don't think he works in every system. You really... While I do like his skill set more than most, he does have to be coached up and schemed up a little bit more. Uh, I think his accuracy will translate wherever he goes. I, I would pay him. I would, If I was a team that thought they could contend but wasn't drafting high enough to draft a franchise quarterback, I would pay him for a couple of years and roll the dice. <laughs> First of all, I like Patrick's response. I know he'd be your housekeeper. I'd have to consider that because my housekeeper <laughs> I mean, does a great job. Get, <laughs> but in, what, what are we paying him for? <laughs> but in all seriousness, I... I think, look, he's had a great season, but to uh, Gardner Johnson's point, I don't think Chris Godwin gets enough ten, uh, credit for how good of a receiver he is. Mike Evans, I know he did, he did have that one drop Monday night, but guys, we're talking about a future Hall of Famer. Ten consecutive seasons with over 1,000 yards. It's not like he's thrown to stiffs out there. He's playing with some pretty good players. Remember, he plays in Tampa, so you don't have inclement weather. You get to play your opponents in your division, Charlotte. You get to play in Atlanta and New Orleans. So you're talking about just out of the regular season alone, he's played 12 games in a dome. I mean, I'm not necessarily overwhelmed by what he's done so far this year. They had one good game against the Philadelphia team that was checked out. If they lost this game this past week, we're not even having this conversation. The only thing I would say, and if I just sometimes try to think about this from an agent's perspective because they're going to be selling their client to a team. If you're backing Baker, pointing to the fact that the Bucks had the worst run game in all of football, it helps the quarterback if you're trying to sell him because he's coming off of nothing in regards to the run. So that makes the pass... That makes the pass game punitive. That makes it harder. So, again, he hasn't really had a run game all year, and he's put together a very – it's weird because when he came to Los Angeles at the end of two years, two seasons ago, remember, he showed up on a Tuesday yeah. and on a Thursday beat the Raiders and played exceptionally well and then actually played pretty well, not great, the rest of the way for the Rams. Flipped that into – as you mentioned, the one-year deal with the Bucks and has really performed well. I mean, he was the number one overall draft pick for a reason as far as there is some talent there. He's probably middling. He's probably big guy where you would have put Jordan Love originally. Oh, Maybe yeah. 18 to 20-ish, somewhere yeah. in there. There, there are so, like, there's there's skills need, there. There's a need for him, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, he, and th there's skills there that, that translate to winning football, depending on the situation. I, I'll come back to the Steelers over and over again. If, if the Steelers had Baker Mayfield, they're, they're a dangerous yep. team in the playoffs. Um, I, I think that's the key is, is there a team that thinks they can win with him? And also, I'd also add... You're not going to have to pay him 30, 40, 50. We're talking about paying probably 15 to 20 million, I would guess. Uh, he's somewhere. not playing for 15 to 20 million. I can he's tell not you getting right now. 30 million dollars from anyone. Uh, but you are going to have to pay him a chunk. His, his agent's going to go, hi, have you heard of Daniel Jones? <laughs> no, I get that. I <laughs> yeah. get that. It, it, uh, it's just what that house costs next to you. Yes. I, I have That's a weird comp. Great, great analogy. Great analogy. I have a weird hypothetical. Do you think Baker Mayfield could put up better numbers? In Miami system than Tua. No. No. I, that's a no, blanket because statement it, that's for me. All, that's all on schedule, and that's about accuracy, and Tua's more accurate okay. than Mayfield. But I, it's a good question. Because my thought would look, be like, what if you could get Baker for cheaper than it would cost to G up Tua? Would, ba would Baker have played better on Saturday night for Miami? Yes. Yes. In pristine conditions in that offense, which is part of the issue. Is Tua perfect for that offense? Absolutely, because it's all about one, two, three, deliver, and he's accurate as all get out. So, but it's a good question. I, look, I think your original point is perfect. 
he he feels like a Steeler. We said oh, it yesterday. Oh. Nobody feels like a Steeler I've more never, than Baker Mayfield. I've never wanted a, a transaction to go down that didn't involve players or teams that I don't care about more than Baker playing for Tomlin and just elevating those receivers and also like still playing like an old school style football with a run game, good defense, like. It all works. He just makes sense there. I, wait, I, I have a question. I have a question for the two of you. Do you know how old he is? I would say 27. I would say 28. Oh, okay. I was going to say 30. He's 28, so you guys nailed oh. it. He's younger than I thought. Yeah. There's a market. He's going to get paid a lot of money. Dude, he legit has, like, potentially eight, nine more years of football left in him. Look, I think he's a great fit in Pittsburgh. You look at Pickens, you look at Deontay Johnson, you've got Jalen Warren and Najee Harris in the running game. But my question to you guys is, and this is a thing that Dustin kind of mentioned the last few weeks, and I think it's a great point. Do you believe he could lead your franchise to a Super Bowl? Do I believe Baker Mayfield could lead a franchise to a Super Bowl? If Ben Johnson was calling plays, it's just about the fit. Okay. Like if, you ha if you have somebody that can coach him up. Like the one thing about, and I can tell you guys because I was sitting there watching it, that Rams-Raider game I'm talking about two years ago on a Thursday night, you could see until the, the signal ran out in his helmet, you could see McVay literally saying, here's where you're going with the football, and he was exquisite in the game. With the right coaching, yes, I do believe he can win a Super Bowl. I, I think if, it, if, if he has the right coordinator and the weapons are good and the defense is legit, yeah, and I – Honestly, you, you'd say that for most quarterbacks. I, I would agree with your assertion you could say for most quarterbacks. But if you believe that and you're Tampa, then I think you re-sign him to a long-term yeah, deal. I, I, that, that's the question for me that has to be answered from a Tampa perspective. Well, the, the key is losing the coordinator. Canales, he's up for a bunch of jobs. If, you know, if he goes somewhere else, do they want to keep Baker or do they want to start over completely? I think that's a risky yeah, that run all the time. That's, that, that dude, you know what I, I I'm sure you guys heard it on the broadcast as well, the offensive coordinator with Tampa, hasn't called plays since he was a coach in high school. This was his first year calling oh, plays. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, hadn't called plays since high school. And he does, you could tell, he's good with the dance. But the, especially, they don't have a run game. It's weird with Tampa because they stick with the run even when they don't have it, which is important for coming off the play action, and which is acceptable and it's weird because like the little i've watched rashad white this year i feel like he's developed as a running back as the year's gone on yeah. but they still just don't establish the run they as ira told us they can't run block it's a pass blocking offensive front and baker's done a hell of a job give him credit he really has if they upset the lions that would be that would be like will hill just texted me i told will when he wrote me i said the lions have a layup on sunday and i'm not saying that to like sandbag Sunday's a layup. The Bucks aren't very good. Scott Sprites or snacks. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane, back to reality. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.